Welcome, my name is Loriana Hernandez Aldama, two-time cancer survivor and patient advocate, and you are listening to Stage Free, a place where we help cancer patients find the tools and resources they need to master survival. Cancer survivorship begins the day you are diagnosed. Over time, you may beat it or you may learn to live with it. Whatever the outcome, you probably wanna talk about it, and that's where we can help. Each week, I will share my insights and personal experience along with notable experts and cancer survivors. Together, we can help patients navigate the complicated road all survivors must travel. The goal, we want everyone to have an equal chance to not only survive, but most importantly, to thrive. Welcome everyone to Stage Free, a podcast to educate and empower cancer patients, caregivers on their journeys as well, and give everyone really the tools they need to master survival, as well as the healthcare practitioners with the tools and resources for you, the patient. Why you might ask, well, because we know cancer survivorship from day of diagnosis is complicated, it's overwhelming, and we know patients are falling through the cracks. I've fallen through the cracks before. And we also know that a less informed patient means not much shared decision-making between the patient and the provider and lower success rates. And it's a tough and lonely road trying to navigate it. You add that in and it's it's really very complicated. So here I'm thrilled that my world as a journalist and two-time cancer survivor can collide in a beautiful way. And I get to go back into reporter mode each and every time. And I love it to give you access because on stage three, we say everyone has access. So I'm so excited to introduce to you our next guest. He is amazing. Shashi Shankar, the CEO of Novelia, whose platform gives you the patient. Imagine this. Drum roll, please. We need we can get access to all of our health records of the last 10 years in 30 seconds. Like I'm so tired. I would have like manila folders doing email intros, trying to explain about my bone marrow transplant. Shashi, I'm so excited to meet you. And I've loved getting to know you over the past few months as I've learned about this platform. Thank you. Thank you so much for what you're doing and for joining us. Thank you so much, Lauren. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be here and I'm a huge fan and I admire your journey and the work you do on behalf of the community. So it is a pleasure to be here and to chat with you for a little bit. Yeah. So I, I'm just so thrilled because I love Amy, who is our executive director at Armor for Life. I've always told her we need to create something that we can share because she's, she's like digitally brilliant. And I'm like, we need to do this. And she's like, guess what? There's an amazing guy who just did this. And it's not just a convenience. What you're doing is really necessary to help the patient, um, to really streamline things and and help us in so many ways. So I want to know, first of all, can you tell me what the platform is? What does it do? And then then I want to get to the backstory, which I love. Absolutely. Yeah. So we like to think of it as the world's first personalized uh, patient portal. And it takes under 30 seconds to join. And all you have to do is to go to our website. That's novellia.com, N-O-V-E-L-L-I-A.com, and click on register. And all you have to do is enter your name, sex assigned at birth, your address, and your phone number. And then using just that information, safely and securely, Novelli gets to work immediately and finds about 10 years of all of your health records. And then we shoot you an email and you have a personal portal with all of your records, all your doctor's notes, always up to date. Um, so you never have to forget. You never have to remember, especially when those doctor's appointments get really stressful in the moment. So anybody can just do this. And I, I want to get into, I have a lot of questions about how you started this, but as you're mentioning, I can just log on, register and poof, you have access to my data, which will help me to give access to my doctors as well, as I have moved around so many different healthcare systems, but how are you getting access to my data so quickly? And the, is it okay? 
Great question. Yeah. So there's a bit of there's a bit of technical work we do in the background. Um, and then of course there's a lot of safety and cybersecurity we do to make sure that your records are your records and they're safe, secure, and completely protected. So what we've done at Novelia is we built a piece of technology that essentially allows a patient to provide authorization digitally. And we then go and contact all of your doctors using digitized automated technology. The way to think about this is back in the day, if you wanted to share your doctor's notes with a new physician, so let's say you're going to one hospital and all of a sudden you're going to start to go to a new clinic, you would sign sort of an old school HIPAA release, which is a big piece of paper and your doctors would have to fax forms back and forth. It's sort of the same mentality and the same approach, but we've just modernized it and fully digitized it. So it's very, very um, quick and easy on your end. And it's not burdensome for your physicians to share notes as well. So it's sort of a digital approach to an age old practice that benefits the patient at the end of the day. So there are safety features, but I, I love to hear about this type of access for my doctors because I have been treated at so many, and, and mind you, I know there are 80% of cancer patients do get their care at community cancer centers, and many of them don't even have patient portals. I've been fortunate to have a patient portal, but it's still a lot of work. I've been at, I was treated at Johns Hopkins for my leukemia for an entire year. I still go back and fly back there, even though I live in Atlanta. I've gone to Dana-Farber, was treated at my for my breast cancer at Penn Medicine, but then surrounding hospitals in the Philadelphia area when I needed something closer. Then I moved to Atlanta. I've gone to Northside. I've gone to Emory. I've gone to Piedmont. And everyone's like, well, you have this other portal, patient portal, and they can link them together. And they're not all on it. And, I, and I'm still saying, why am I explaining to this doctor, look, I've had full body radiation. It puts me at risk. It doesn't matter my genetics. I know my doctor from Hopkins told me I'm at risk of all cancers. And I have to sit here and explain this. So is this something that your platform can do for patients? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's very much the reason we started it and and more than happy to sort of share the, the origin story of the company. But it actually came from a really personal experience. Uh, my grandfather, who was my hero growing up, um, we called him Thatta, which in India means grandfather. And he uh, was my hero. He was the toughest guy I knew. And I felt like this was a guy that could could deal with the most challenging things in the world and still come out on top. And to tell you a little bit about his personality, he grew up dirt poor in India. He was really, really poor. And by the time he retired, he had become the CEO of two multinational companies. He'd moved to America. Um, his kids and his grandkids were his pride and joy. He was sort of like the perfect family guy. And he was so strong and, and such an inspiration to me. Uh, and then one day my mom called me and she told me that he'd been diagnosed with gastroesophageal cancer. And um, I didn't have any concerns about him at the time because I thought this guy is, is, is tough as nails. And if anybody can get through this, he can. Um, but unfortunately, that wasn't the case. And we actually lost him in just four months. And I remember during that four-month journey, seeing my mom, who is his caregiver, struggle so much to do exactly what you're talking about, which is, well, hey, on average, we know that in America, somebody living with cancer or having survived cancer still sees four to five different doctors a year. I mean, that's an extraordinarily difficult thing for a patient to navigate. And my perspective watching my thought that go through this was, look, he never asked to be burdened with having to live with cancer. The least we should be able to do as a society is to take some of that anxiety and some of that stress away and make it simple for him to share his records, to track them. And I would look around and I lived in San Francisco at the time, but I thought we had self-driving cars and Uber and DoorDash and all of these beautiful technology solutions for normal day-to-day -day life. 
but patients were still living like it was the 1980s. And it broke my heart watching him go through that. And I thought there's got to be a better way. And so I decided to, to quit my job and to start the company. Yeah. And, and I'm so sorry that you lost your thought though, but the story of how that the kind of man he is. And, and I love that there's, I always say when my son asked me, he's like, mom, I always, I want to invent something. I said, you have to find a void and when you, and, and that's how people end up inventing. It's not like they go around all the time and say, I want to invent. It's that you have a void, something that is a personal tragedy or a personal triumph that impacts your life. And you fill that void and not in, in honor of your Tata, but in honor of helping so many people. And that's why I love what you're doing. One thing, um, as I was reading about the platform, and it said, with better data, we could say goodbye to early goodbyes. And that statement alone gets me choked up because to know what you can do with that data. Um, I, I want to know a little more about what does the, how does the company help people sign up? And, and, and from a provider standpoint, you know, because there's going to be people who say, and I've shared like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited that Novella is out and I can't wait to sign up and I can't wait to use it. And then somebody's like, well, I already have a patient portal. I'm like, this is different. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you bring that up. It's something we hear all the time. So um, the way that patient portals typically work, and, and luckily today, many hospitals do have patient portals. Unfortunately, a large segment of the population, I think you mentioned earlier, over 80% of cancer care happens in the community. And some of these community clinics don't actually have patient portals. So that's a challenge to begin with. But even if we assume that Shashi or Susie or Loriana has access to a patient portal, we've all experienced how difficult and confusing those pieces of software are. And the reason is most patient portals were developed to do two things, billing and scheduling. And those two things are easy as pie when you're in a patient portal. If you want to send a bill, they love for you to send a bill. And if you would like to schedule a new appointment, you can schedule a new appointment. But when it comes to the actual experience of living with a condition, if I were to ask you, Loriana, do you know when you got your last TB booster, for example, it would be really hard to find that in your patient portal. Right. And if you were to say, well, what happened at Johns Hopkins in 2014 or 2015, it'd be really, really hard to find that data. And for me, I thought patient portals um, are wonderful ideas, but they weren't actually delivering the promise that I'd hope they would for patients across the world. So the way that we're different, first of all, we're really simple to sign up. Um, faster than it takes to brew a cup of coffee, you can join Novelia. It's 100% free. We don't need to know all of the doctors you've seen. We don't ask you to remember anything. All we need is that basic information about who you are. And using that, we can build you sort of like the 21st century approach to a patient portal. And automatically, every time you see a new doctor, if you wind up in the ER or urgent care, that patient portal is updated in around 24 hours so that you constantly understand what's going on with your health. And the biggest benefit is not only being able to understand sort of where your records are and what your scans say and how your vitals have changed over time or what happened when you got your last immunohistory or you got a CBC panel, but the real benefit comes to, well, in a moment, if I wind up in the ER, if I see a new doctor and that doctor says, do you remember when this happened or have you ever been tested for this or what happened with this medication? You have peace of mind knowing that your entire health history is digitized right at your fingertips. So- I'm I'm in awe as I listen to this, but I, I've been in awe as we've gotten to know each other over the past few months and year. So if you're in, does it not only enter the data, but also provide like here, kind of like a patient profile. So if I'm in the ER, which listen, I'm telling you when I enter, when I sign up and enter my stuff, your system's going to be strained 
because I've been in the ER six times in the past few months, the life of a cancer survivor. Um, I've had three MRIs, two echoes. So, and they're all different healthcare systems, by the way. So I'm going to, I'm really going to put your company to, to the test, but I know you can handle it. But my question is, does it pull everything together? Because for instance, I say all the time when I meet with doctors, I'm trying to make this case, look, I've had so much chemo and so much radiation. They're like, well, which chemo did you have? And I'm like, uh, well, I don't remember which chemo. So then I end up texting my doctor again at Johns Hopkins and thank goodness that we have a good relationship and he knows I'm a pain in the neck and he sends me whatever I need, but I'm like, please, Dr. Levis, you cannot retire. Cause I would be in trouble. Like I need to download your information. So does it, this is the long part to my question of does it, when you enter stuff from different hospitals and you, and you pull all that information, does it kind of create this profile that will say to an ER doctor or to somebody, here's this patient, Loriana Ednandes Aldama. She is a two-time cancer survivor. She's had two rounds of full body radiation that puts her at risk of all, all cancers. She's had this much chemo. She has severe PTSD and depression. You need to be very compassionate with her. She has this, she has that, that kind of paints the picture so they don't have to like tap through different tabs and things? I love that question. I love that question for so many reasons. And I think at the core of it, there's three elements to it. And I'll walk through each of them and, and answer your question. The very first one comes to, you've got to build a piece of technology that can get access to all of the digital footprints that Loriana has, has left across the country. Atlanta, Johns Hopkins, Piedmont, all of these places. You've got to build technology that can consistently and effortlessly go fetch those pieces of data in real time. So that's the very first thing we built was a piece of technology that could actually go and on your behalf, go fetch all of the digital footprints you've left across the healthcare ecosystem. The second element that you bring up is, well, great, I've got all of these things here, but they're sort of like scattered puzzle pieces, right? And how on earth am I going to make these puzzle pieces fit together to tell a story, to see the full puzzle all together? That second part is extraordinarily challenging. And that's why we spent probably over the entire course of last year, most of our time doing a lot of difficult engineering work to build novel technology that had never been built before. And what we do, not to get too nerdy about it, but we use a lot of artificial intelligence to say, okay, that piece of data is related to Loriana's medication history from 2018 at Johns Hopkins. And it's speaking specifically about, for example, paclitaxel, right? And that's why this is important. Okay, so that's where that puzzle piece goes. Oh, this is an interesting puzzle piece. This shows that she has an allergy for X. And we determined that at Piedmont two years ago. And that's important because that might have sort of a different interaction with paclitaxel. And oh, she was admitted to the ER last November for an upper respiratory infection. Well, that's really important because if she's taking a HER2 targeted therapeutic, that might have something for us to know about as physicians. So we use artificial intelligence and cutting edge technology to bring all of those pieces together and to tell the full puzzle picture. The last part, which is the third element, is giving something that's really easy, comprehensible, almost like a flashcard headlight, headlights or sort of headlines. As a journalist, I'm sure you can relate, but sort of like the, the quick hit pieces you need to know. And that's actually what we're building right now. And we like to call it sort of like a cheat sheet or a spark notes on a patient's life. And we not was, only want to make that available for a doctor, but for you as well as the user of our platform. I was just going to call it a one sheet because I a end one- up... And I, because I'm in reporter mode and I'm typing and I'm a little, I'm a little extra. If you talk to anybody who knows me, I I type up my own little one sheet when I go to the doctor, because I know they have 15 minutes. I want them to, I I know they don't have time to tab around with all my portals and all my drama. 
And so I type that, but most patients don't. Like when I take my poppy to the doctor, he rambles about one of the 15 things bothering him. And I'm like, poppy, we have to put it all on one sheet. So before he or she walks in, they can look at the one sheet and, and kind of know where you stand. So I love that you're doing that to create that one sheet per se. But I also want to ask, you're talking about the data. Um, why do you, I I want to say, why do you need all my data to be able to do this? Or what maybe, what else might you be doing with my data, even though I know you're protecting it? Great question. So maybe I'll address the first one, which is always sort of the most important one that we're always very transparent about and we share with all of the users of our platform. So the biggest question we get from folks is, first of all, this technology is amazing, but why is it free, right? So so how can this be free? Like it's got to cost right. me something. Um, when, when we started the company, my co-founder, Ellie, and I um, have both had very serious personal experiences and family experiences around the healthcare system where we've lost loved ones or dealt with our loved ones getting very sick and having to care for them. And we basically said, for, for as long as this company exists, and, and knock on wood, it's around for a long, long time, um, but as long as it exists and as long as we're in charge, we never want to charge patients a dime for anything. And we think that it's about high time that the healthcare system works for patients instead of patients having to work for the healthcare system. And if you'll allow me for one second to talk about this word Novelia, why, why is the company yes, called Novelia? Yes, please do. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a funny story, but... Um, it's it's based off of the word novel, like a story. And the reason is, you know, I looked around after my thought that passed away and I said, I feel like the American healthcare system today um, has made everybody except the patient, the author of that patient's health story. You've got Amen. insurance companies and a lot of other folks. And I think that a lot of people are very well intentioned and they're all hardworking. But I couldn't believe that my grandfather was no longer the author, the publisher, the editor of his own story. He was kind of just like a passive reader of what was being written. And I said, I want to start a company that puts patients back in charge, that gives them agency of their own health story. And the first way to do that is to give them access to the, all of their health data in a very simple way. And so that's why we sort of named the company Novelia. That's why we intend on making it free forever. But the other question is, well, if it's free, how do you guys keep the lights on? Which is a really important question to ask. Yes. So what we do, and this actually comes from my career before I started Novelia, I used to work in the biotechnology industry. And what I realized is you had a bunch of people who were really sharp and they were working so hard to find the cure for tomorrow and essentially to build a brighter tomorrow for patients today. And all of us had personal stories, right? We had grandfathers or wives or friends that we had lost to cancer. And we were personally committed to these goals of developing new medicines and therapies. But the biggest challenge was we just didn't know enough about the patient population. We had to make these really big consequential decisions, not understanding who the patients actually were. So the way that we're able to keep the lights on is we partner with a lot of researchers to say, hey, look, here's some really interesting insights that are going to help you develop a cure for this patient population. And the way, the way we explain it to our community is um, you can really help contribute to the cure tomorrow, not just for yourself, not just for the patient next to you, but for the patient that's going to follow you five, 10 years down the road. And remember how terrifying it was when you heard those words. Imagine a world in which that's not so scary and you have the power to do that. Mm -hmm. And we never share your personal information. It's always anonymized and that sort of a population level. Your personal information, not even people at the company can see it. It's totally safe and secure. And that's really important to us. Well, I always say when we talk about clinical trials, I know this isn't a clinical trial, but my the wheels of my brain are moving and turning while you're talking that, you know, clinical trials today are tomorrow's standard of care today. And we need more access and we need better data. I know when I was diagnosed with leukemia, 
first thing they said, because I'm Cuban is we don't have data on you. We don't know. We think you have 25% chance of survival if you're German, not Cuban, but we don't have the data. And even now I'm told over and over as I go, and this is one reason I struggle with depression and PTSD is the doctors say, well, now you have two DNAs. So diagnostics has advanced, but we don't have any way to do early diagnostics on you because if we test you, like if you spit in a tube, it's your sister's DNA, it's not your DNA. And we're not there yet in science. So I, I am out there advocating to patients, look, I know there are history of trust issues and I understand I'm Latina. I know this has happened in communities of color, but we can't change this until we start bridging those gaps and building those relationships together. And we need the data. We have to contribute our data to help our own people, our immediate families and our families, our Latino families overall, our Latino communities, our black communities, Indian communities. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I love that you're saying that how, I love that it's free for me, but I love that this is involving helping the researchers really connect the dots. Because when I talk to researchers, I have to always remind them, look, we are not just N1. We're not just a subject. We're not just a, we are real people, real patients with real life problems. And totally. I think you give them that glimpse. 100%, 100%. It's what you said is so powerful. And to use the book analogy again, the world that researchers have to live with today is imagine if you went into the library and I handed you a book and I said, Loriana, you can only read chapter six and there are 30 chapters in this book, but you only get to read chapter six. And I want you to give me a full book report on what happens in that story. But if you get a single detail wrong, someone's mom is not going to come home from the hospital. There's going to be an empty seat at Thanksgiving. And that's what we're asking researchers to do is to make these big decisions about research, only seeing a small slice of the patient population. And what we're trying to do here is to basically bring all of those chapters together to say, look, you guys are doing really important work. We're all in this together. It's not just researchers. It's not just patient communities. It's not just doctors. It's all of us together committed and equally sharing in the responsibility to advance health for all of us together at the same time. I, I say it all the time to patients. We have to be an equal partner in our own success. 100%. We have to be our own health heroes because no one's going to do it for us. Although I think you're going to help us with that. <laughs> you, I always say no one's going to do it for us, but now I have to say that Shashi might. That <laughs> you're on the way um, because Novelia is really going to change lives in so many ways. But I think it's important that the I'm okay if the research can mean that I can come home at night to my son and my husband can be here and that I worry about my son's future. And I want that data because we know cancer is, this is, you know, it's a family affair, often a family affair. So I want to lay the groundwork for anybody who may walk that path. It is a path of suffering. It is, I always say it is a privilege to survive and a privilege to be able to complain about the suffering, but it's not an easy road. And it's a lonely road. It's a depressing road at times. And and I really want more data and more help and, and less stress. You know, as I talk to Amy, I mention Amy all the time, our executive director. And, and we say, what you're doing is not just convenience. This is reducing stress for patients. It's helping outcomes. It's helping change our trajectory of our life by pulling this together. Because again, I talk about the chemo. Like I still, to this day, I'm complaining about... I can't find the list if you ask me what chemos did I have because, you know, research comes out later. I, I'm talking to you. And I know I'm preaching to the choir. Um, research comes out later that, oh, that chemo you had 10 years ago. Well, we just found out that this one chemo causes muscle atrophy. Oh, well, 
Who knew? Because I've been complaining to my doctor. I'm lifting weights all the time. I am not building muscle. What's going on? And and in some cases, it can be very dangerous. Well, if I don't know what chemo I had 10 years ago and I don't have it listed, how am I going to be alerted? I know you're not at this point with Novelia, but how am I going to be alerted that, hey, we just done research on this chemo and you need to make your doctors aware to keep his or her eyes out for muscle atrophy that could be deadly or could be dangerous or this side effect that could pop up. I mean, I know, I feel like I'm like, I'm running from cancer and, and cheating, cheating death all the time with the long-term side effects. So I'll stop my rant if there's anything you want to add to that. But I think this is so important. Totally. Um, you, you said it so elegantly, which is, you know, it's, it's a privilege and it's an honor to be able to survive, but, but it's, it's a really tough journey. And, um, a lot of the things you mentioned were actually really hard at work on right now. And I, I think there's a not so distant future, Loriana, where Novelli is the tool that you can use when maybe you're in the car, you're an Uber to your next appointment, and maybe it's just with your OB guy and not your oncologist, but you get an alert from your phone because it sees that you're on your way to your oncologist or your OB guy. And it says, hey, there was a research paper that came out last night. And it showed really promising results for folks just like you, your same race, your same gender, your same age, your same condition, your same tumor type. And this is something you might want to talk to your physician about. Or imagine being able to get an alert that says, hey, we were able to tell that you automatically match into a clinical trial that's happening 10 miles down the street. And you by no means have to sign up, but we did all of the legwork for you. And yeah. I remember my thought that was diagnosed. And I've had friends, parents also um, who have lived with cancer you're always searching for the clinical trial that you can match into or the thing that makes the most sense. And imagine a world in which you're not responsible for looking for that, that when you use Novalia, because you've got all of your health records right there, using artificial intelligence and machine learning, we can automatically, Loriana, detect, hey, you're a 85% match for a trial that's being run right at Piedmont. And this is the doctor that's running it. And by the way, you saw this doctor last November. And what we've done is maybe we've already reserved an appointment for you and you're more than welcome to show up, but we're going to do everything we can to make it easy. And also next time you go to the physician, maybe there are some key questions that Novalia recommends you ask based on how your health has changed. That's fantastic. Totally, totally. And imagine if you go to your oncologist and we can tell that you wound up in the ER last week for a cough, right? Or for X, Y, and Z to basically have a ping on your phone that says, hey, just a reminder, don't forget that this happened and you might want to explain this. And by the way, in one button, you can actually share those medical notes directly to your doctor's system right now. Um, those are the sorts of things that we want to do because we really believe all of the things that I mentioned are possible and we're building them right now. And it's only a matter of time before we can really start to help patients live healthier and, and, and more optimized lives. Yeah, because right now the current patient portals, well, it's good for me to follow my appointments or message a million messages to my doctors, which I'm sure they they just love all my messages. It's not really pulling it all together. It's it's called a patient portal, but it's not patient centric. And there's two things I want to hit on that you talked about the, the clinical trials. I can't tell you I have been desperate trying to find and, and, and I'm making some headway at Emory now to find clinical trials for my severe PTSD. Like talk therapy is not working for me. It's not working for a lot of people. Like how many times can I go to yoga and meditate and, and talk about the depression and the PTSD from triggering, worrying my son's going to be ripped from my arms because another shoe's going to drop. And how many times they say, oh, have you checked clinicaltrials.gov? I'm like, have you checked clinicaltrials.gov? I'm well-educated. I'm a former medical reporter and I have no idea 
what the hell clinicaltrials.gov is trying to tell me and I can't find anything and I can't navigate it. So if I can't, how is somebody who's less educated? Which then leads me to another point you mentioned that you're saying that eventually you want to get to the point where there's questions like, hey, we noticed you've had um, you've had some trauma or depression mentioned, or you've had this, here's some questions you can ask. That's great. Because if you look at the numbers I've mentioned all the time about health literacy, especially in the black and brown community, those who have basic and below basic health literacy rates range between like combined 58 to 64% of the black and brown communities at any point in time. And you know, those who have below basic health literacy rate, sadly, Sometimes the, the studies show don't even know what the X is on the bottle for like three times a day or two times a day. And so if it's not their fault, but if they don't understand, how are we helping them? And so I think here I am, I'm a former network medical reporter. I have, I'm confused. I don't understand. And then my heart, it tugs at my heart and I can sound the alarm and the megaphone because I get on stage and I whine and complain and somebody afterwards will approach me and be like, how can we help you? But I'm like, I, and I'll take it because I'll do anything for my son. But when I get that help, the first thing I say is, how can I help others? How can I take that information? And that's one thing we're doing with Stage Free is saying, I have access. So now everyone's going to have access. And that's why we're, we're interviewing you today too. But I want others, when I think of these health literacy rates that are so low, to be able to have these questions so we can help empower the patient. So there should be sheer decision-making and they're not sitting there saying, well, I don't know, doctor, what do you want me to do? Because they're amazing, but they can't, they're not always right. And totally. they may not have the best answer. And they're, especially the community cancer centers, they're overwhelmed. They're charting, they're trying to do everything. And they don't, they may not be the best answer. Totally, totally. And and at the same time, if they don't know, if they don't hear from you how you're doing, or if they don't have access to your health records, um, your physicians are making decisions on very thin levels of data that, that might not be the best decision for you. And the way that we think about it at Novelia is personalized health for personalized health. And so we really believe that we have this extraordinary honor to be able to help patients have really personalized healthcare journeys that benefit them in ways that they've never benefited before, but it all starts with actually having the right data at their fingertips. I'll give you two examples of things we're working on right now. One is this very simplified overlook. I know that we mentioned spark notes or a cheat sheet or a one pager, but imagine, imagine having that for all of your doctor's appointments. So whenever you see a physician, they're going to write a note. It's usually a, a really rich, long clinical note. And it's going to say, you know, Loriana presented yesterday. She's of this age. Here's her gender and her race. She reported X, Y, and Z happened. She's currently undergoing systemic therapy for this, blah, blah, blah. And there's going to be a subjective assessment, an objective assessment, which is sort of like all your vitals and your signs. And then it'll say, we talked about this, and this is what I finally recommended. These are the procedures we did, and here's what happened. Now, even somebody who's who's a medical reporter, were you to look at those, there might be 30, 40% of it that you might not understand because it's super mm -hmm. dense. Technology exists today where we can automatically take those notes within Novelia condense it to about a paragraph at a third grade English comprehension level. So by the way, you probably want to know what in the world happened at your last appointment, right? Forget having to take notes, forget having to write things on your phone, forget having to be present and processing at the same time. It's a hell of a lot to do as a patient. Just go home and we're going to update it for you. And maybe when you're making a cup of coffee, or you're taking your dog for a walk, you can open that up and go, oh, that's right. So this happened. I got it. And this is important because it's going to help me do this. 
And we believe that you can do that. And there are things you can do around translation services as well, but there's so much good you can do uh, to help people live better lives. I the, What I took from that was the present and the processing, because mm-hmm. I may be present, but I'm not, my processing cognitively mm-hmm. is, is in a different direction. And you know that oh. cancer patients, when they hear those words, you have cancer, they hear only 10% of the rest of that appointment. And you need to be present for that moment, but you're, the processing is not there. And so that is where it's effective. One other quick thing, I want to mention a story about my mom, and then I want to get to what you would have done different with your tata, tata, am I saying this correctly? If you could have turned back the hands of time quickly about my mom. And, and, and I'm just telling you, if you could put this into the platform, my mom had a primary care physician who kept telling her she had a raspy throat and she went over and over and over to this appointment and there. He kept saying, well, you have laryngitis. So I'm like, mom, you don't, you've been a million times for laryngitis. Laryngitis doesn't last this long. You have throat cancer. And she's like, she's from the Bronx. And she's like, you're wrong. You're, you're crazy. And I'm like, I'm not crazy. I'm telling you, I think you have throat cancer. Took her to an ENT outside of her community hospital to Northside Hospital in Atlanta. And the guy's like, yeah, you have throat cancer. And I'm like, why can't, like, maybe something could ding, ding, ding on the thing. Like you've been four times for a raspy throat. Maybe you should seek an ENT or a specialist. Anyway, that I, that I, I digress and I get on my rant. So, and by the way, that's, that's very doable. And, and the reason I say that is, do you use Spotify to listen to music or Apple music or anything? Yeah. Okay. So if you, if you, um, if you click on a song and you're like generate a radio station for me, right. It'll do that based on exactly the the hints that you've given Spotify, right? Oh, I like classical music, mostly by Beethoven. And, and this is sort of like the era of music. And it can tell you, it can say, I can predict based off of these past things that this is the most likely outcome. And certainly with medical data, I mean, my gosh, you can do it to the 10th degree, right? You can say, okay, so not only based on the fact that you've had this cough or this raspy throat for a year now, but let's look at some basic risk factors that you're popping positive for too. Let's look at your race. Let's look at your gender. Let's look at where you live. Let's look at the fact that uh, we can also look at your smoking status for if you'd like. We can look at what environmental factors based off where you live that you're at risk for. And hey, it looks like more and more people from this general area are, are actually getting diagnosed with throat cancer. So we really recommend that next time you go, you should ask, but don't just ask. These are the two procedures that you should ask your doctor to do. And here's the data on why. And imagine that, right? Imagine going in with no medical training and saying, look, I I really, I really want you to take a look at this. And by the way, can we look into doing these two procedures? I think that they might be effective. That's the sort of thing where you can become your own advocate as well. And we really believe we can build a future like that. Do you know, my mom has been seeing this, had been seeing this primary care for so many years that she was like having a fit that I said, I am calling him up and I'm going to let him know. I know no doctor's perfect but that he looked over, overlooked something so obvious. And I'm not, I'm, I'm a former, yeah, I'm a former network medical reporter, want, want, but I'm not a doctor. I didn't go to med school and I can diagnose it just from hearing you and something that, as they always told me at Hopkins, if it doesn't get better and you, then, then that's a red flag. Anything that stays for a long time, it doesn't heal. And so she was like, oh no, he's the nicest man. I know you. And I was like, I don't care how nice he is. Just in case, because I can't sleep at night and look myself in the mirror. If I don't tell this doctor, you're not perfect. You made a mistake, but please be alert because the next person who walks in who has a raspy voice and laryngitis that doesn't go away needs to see an ENT. I was very cordial. I was very diplomatic. I was very polite. 
and but and he apologized but i was so sad because had i not spoken up and been an advocate myself where what would have happened i digress because i know we're running out of time but um anyway i i can give you so many if you need any ideas i am endless oh, always, go in always, this. i definitely cannot write any programming I have, from a technology standpoint, you can ask Amy. She constantly has to help me even on Instagram and everything else. But but I have endless content. My whole life is content. So I do want to ask you, looking back, now that you have Novelia, what would what could be different or could have been different with your Thatha if you could turn back time? You have some things we've talked about and, and they're so powerful. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, I'd break it down into three different things. The, the first is um, what what we call being able to see the smoke before a fire breaks out. And it's just like the story you told about your mom. So do I think that uh, we needed to wait until my thought that had four months left to live before we knew something was wrong? No, I think that that's a tragedy in and of itself. And I don't blame his physicians. I don't even blame the healthcare system. Um, I think that we only know what we know. And, you know, his health data was scattered all over the place. And frankly, like the technology didn't even exist at the time. But if I could have gone back to turn back the hands of time, as you said, if Novelli had existed and we had access to all of his health records, there's a world in which maybe he could have gotten a ping or a notification. I was wondering, my mom certainly could have, right? Hey, um, you've been to the ER like seven times, man. There's something going on here. This is not normal. This is not a, a raspy throat to use your mom's example, right? Like there's something more pernicious going on. And look, you're at the age, you're of the race, you're of the gender where this isn't uncommon. Um, we not only recommend that you ask about this, but we actually found the best gastroesophageal oncologist in your zip code and we went ahead and we reserved you an appointment just in case you can make. We've done all the legwork for you. You just have to show up Thursday, 2 p.m. at this community clinic and ask these questions. So if that had happened, if it had been that simple, um, I guarantee he could have been diagnosed years earlier. And that could have made all the difference. Certainly, we would have had more time with him. So I think it could have helped with diagnosis. So the number one is seeing the smoke. Totally. The second one, you talk about the right treatment at the right time. And I'm going to add in one more part of that. The right location, because if you're in the wrong location, you're in trouble when we talk about a place that you can't get the proper help. Anyway, 100 percent. You know, the, the thing I think about, too, is you can and it all comes down. To, I'm a data wonk, right? I'm a total nerd when it comes to data. But you you deserve to know as, as a patient what health systems, what hospitals, what clinics and what physicians are top of the top in my area right? Who's the best of the best? Because man, if my life depends on it, if it's a difference between me celebrating Thanksgiving with my son this year or not, best believe I'm going to do everything I can to get to the best physician. And if we can look up Yelp and Google reviews for restaurants or hotels, and we're like, oh, it's 4.5 stars. That's the one I'm going to. You should certainly be able to do that, not just based on what patients think, but based on medical data. This hospital consistently shows the best outcomes for patients with X, Y, and Z. That's why you should go. And so I also believe to the location point, we can do that, right? The data are out there to be able to say, look, you live in this zip code and about 10 miles, there's a center of excellence. And this this doctor is world famous. And we've gone ahead and, and saved you some time with this doctor. So I think that's possible. So for the right treatment, it's very much sort of like you, unfortunately, I think with oncology, you take the scattershot approach where you throw a bunch of stuff on the wall and you say, well, what's going to stick here? 
And I think we're finally getting to a place now, especially with the folks that I've talked to across research and across clinical care, where precision therapy becomes a real thing, where you can say, okay, based on this patient's race, gender, date of birth, all of this stuff where this patient's lived, but also based on their unique genomics and their unique biomarkers, forget going through six or seven different shots on goal. The data suggests that this therapy is the number one choice. If you do that, right, and, and my grandfather went through therapy after therapy after therapy, if you can get to the most effective one off the bat, that's an immediate difference, right? So so once you get diagnosed, making sure you're on the actual therapy that's best for you uh, is, is key. And that's definitely something that we believe is possible. I know when you talk about the location, I was misdiagnosed twice in Austin, Texas. Nothing against Austin. It's one of my favorite cities all oh, time. My parents live there. Yeah, totally. And, and, and I was a news anchor there for many years. But the two oncologists I went to said, you're just tired, overworked, and a new mom trying to have it all. And after being misdiagnosed twice, and my fertility doctor, not an oncologist, I was trying to have a second baby, said, I think you have cancer. And I was like, I thought, I said, you are crazy. I'm the clean eating, green drinking yoga enthusiast. I don't have cancer. After that moment, when he, when my fertility doctor said, you have AML leukemia, I said, that's it. I'm getting on a plane. I'm going to have to leave my son. I had made a conscious decision, had no idea it would be for a year. I thought, oh, I'm going to leave my son for two weeks and come back healed. Who knew that blood cancers are so far behind and I spent a year away from him. That's why I have my PTSD. But I had to get on a plane and find, create access for myself because I didn't know where a better location or a better doctor should explain why you're saying that. Also, Maybe if you can help, I'm giving you all the ideas. Like, can you do this? I'm giving you this long list. Here's another story. I know, I know we're going over for anyone's listening. I I will promise I'll wrap this up in a little bow. I just, my feet have been on fire from my neuropathy because Mm. again, I had all this chemo and radiation. So I got, I waited 11 months to get in with a neurologist at my uh, cancer center of excellence three days before my appointment the neurologist left the the company, the organization. They call me and say, we're canceling your appointment. Mind you, my feet have been on fire for 11 months and I waited patiently. They said, we can schedule you. Don't worry, we're going to reschedule you. This was recently. You know when they rescheduled me? Oh Uh, no. Got canceled in October last year, October, 2023. Um, We got a new appointment for you, February. Wait, wait, drum roll, 2025. I was like, wait a minute. You mean you want, I said my feet were on fire, but I guess they're supposed to be on fire until 2025. So if there's another little magic layer, I can add more work to your schedule, Shashi. It's an element that somebody's going to pound on the door and be like, she needs to get in. Because right now I'm just going to reporter mode and I'm just, I call their patient experience officer and complain and I make it happen, but I know everyone can't do that. Again, like I told you, I digress. So I'm going to run through your things about how things would have been differently. You mentioned seeing the smoke, the right treatment, the right time. And we added location. It will give you peace of mind. Um, And then the memories that you still have time to make memories. Like you said, there's saying goodbye to early goodbyes. So I I think it is, it's just beautiful what you are doing for patients. And, and it comes from a place of a a passion and a purpose coming together, much like we have an armor up for life. All of us are women who've been affected by cancer and we want to make a difference and empower patients. So I know that you've built this, this platform with unprecedented access to individual level data that could completely really, as I love to say, being a news anchor, flip the script, 
my favorite saying, on how we conduct research and, and launch new medicines and make it available for patients. So I think it's powerful. Is there anything, I know I've talked your ear off because you and I could talk for hours. Yeah. It's like this long list and now you're going to have to get to work on more things. Is there anything I left out that you want to share about the impact? I know you've talked about it's going to not just help patients, but it's going to help providers and it's going to help researchers. And we have to get the word out to them so they can educate the patient about the existence and understand how to read this. Yes. Yeah. I think my 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 final words would be um, one, you know, it, it, it certainly takes a village and we're all in this together. And I'm um, such admiration of the work that that you and Amy do at Armor Up and and, and the work you do for the community and, and to advocate for folks. And so it, it really takes a community. And the reason I say that is um, you aren't alone uh, when you're diagnosed or when you're surviving or when you're sort of living with things that you never expected to live with. And it can make you feel like the loneliest person in the world. But it's helpful sometimes to step back and say, millions of other people can relate. And not only can millions of people relate, there's some awfully good people out there offering me a, a helping hand. And whether it's Loriana and Amy at Armor Up or different advocacy groups or different community settings or technology like Novelia, um, never hesitate to to reach out and to seek help. And the last thing I would say too is um, it's okay to hope. It's okay to hope. Um, I, I think a lot of times people say, I don't want to get my hopes up, right? Because this is so terrifying. This is so overwhelming, but um, you deserve to hope. And and what we endeavor to do at Novelia is, is to is to reinstate that feeling of hope and belief and faith and courage and say, look, we're only a small part of the puzzle, right? We're, we're really here to help you make sense of your health data. So we recognize it's a small piece, but um, by God, if we can do something to give you hope again, to make you believe that tomorrow is going to be a brighter day than today, um, that's what we're in this for. And so we we really, really seek to be able to bring hope back to people and say, um, it's, it's going to be okay. You know, and we're all in this together and we're all going to get through it together. So. Well, you give me hope and all of us hope. So the platform is called Novelia. I'm so excited. You know, I'm going to send you a million emails with all these. Can you add this in? Can you add this in? Keep all them coming. Love them. And, and I want to mention, Amy is amazing. We have an amazing team of women. We have Anne, we have Wendy, we have my sister, Lisa, and it does take a village. Um, we are all leading the way and we have so many other layers of people just pushing us and helping us. And our goal um, is really to, again, give everyone access, access to people like you, access to answers and, and push for more because we can do more and we can improve patient outcomes. So thank you, Shashi Shankar, for joining us on Stage Free. Much and thank better. you, everybody who is listening. Again, as I've shared a million times, our mission is to help you, the patient, feel informed and feel empowered so you can master survival on your journey. And if there's somebody that you want us to interview, because you need access to a doctor and you need some type of answers, send us send us ideas to at Armor for Life on our go to our website. We'd love to hear from you and for all of our viewers and for you, Shashi. Thank you so much. Uh, we can't wait to record the next one. My pleasure. Thanks, Loriana. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Stage Free. Join us every week for a new podcast featuring thought leaders and experts who will help cancer survivors not only survive but ultimately thrive throughout treatment and recovery as they learn how to master survival. Learn more about us at armorupforlife.org.